Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where normal is shifting every day. I'm your host, Sharon Weil, and during this time of coronavirus uncertainty, sheltering at home and social isolation, I'm bringing you a special series of helpful insights and practices from body-focused practitioners in order to keep you healthy, protected, and calm beyond face masks and hand sanitizer. My guest today is Kim Brody, a midwife, musician, and continuum somatic educator who mentors groups, couples, and individuals in the process of giving birth to their whole selves. We're going to be talking about how to move through a panic attack, or at least one way to move through a panic attack, as so many of us have been experiencing emotional upheaval in the response to the uncertainty of this time. Welcome, Kim. Hi there. Hi, I'm so happy to be speaking to you. Um, I just want to say that you are so skilled in everything that you do. You bring such grace, intelligence, openness, and compassion whenever I hear you speak or counsel anyone. Wow, thank you. I, I'm, I'm just taking that in. <laughs> yeah, so and, I'm uh, very grateful to have you to help us um, learn more about what is going on in our bodies when we are captured by fear and ways that we can use our own body, use our own selves as a resource to help move that and shift our internal scene. So can you talk a little bit about what is fear? What is a panic attack? How does it, how does it uh, arrive in our body? How do we, how do we experience it? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I I realized this morning as I was getting ready to talk to you that there was some fear starting to arise. And what it made me, brought me to was, was that uh, panic attacks can happen in a lot of different ways. They, um, and, and a panic attack sounds huge and big and full. And sometimes it is that way. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I I did start to go into a full-blown panic attack. Um, and uh, I could feel myself uh, starting to leave because uh, sometimes when we begin to feel panic, we get to this place where, okay, where am I? There's, there's, there's nobody home in this body it's it's my body's here but i'm somewhere outside of my body and um and i begin to feel lightheaded i uh feel like maybe i'm gonna pass out um there's this sense of oh my gosh is this it is my life done is this where i'm gonna go um and i think one of the important pieces is to is to be able to name it. And sometimes that's just really hard to do because when we get caught by the short hairs, there is nobody home. So how do we, how do we find that place? And um, panic is no movement. There's, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a freeze. There's a, a clamping down of everything in, the, in my system when I'm having a panic attack. And so how do I begin to find movement? And 
in the case the 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 couple of weeks ago what i realized was okay i i named it i'm having oh this is a panic attack Mm -hmm. this is what's happening i know this place i've been here before and i needed to feel my breath so intensely that i was meeting the panic in a way with like a homeopathic remedy, you know, where in homeopathy, it's like meets like. Mm -hmm. So if my panic is so huge, then I need a breath that's as huge as the panic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes that could be even running in place, like just getting the body moving so fast, Mm -hmm. um, running down the block. in my case, it was, you know, in continuum, we have a breath called the who breath, which is this very, very fast, um, hot kind of breath that I was able to do. And as I was doing that really fast, hot breath, I could feel myself begin to return a little bit. And I started to land. It was almost as though... Um, that part that was hovering outside of me started to re-enter and I could feel some warmth in my body and I could feel my weight and I could feel myself soften and in the process I could feel tears start to well up and then Mm -hmm. I was able to have a huge cry Mm -hmm. which to me is a wonderful antidote to um, to feeling anxiety Mm -hmm. Um, because when we're crying the waters are moving, Uh, everything is moving, we're releasing, it's a a big discharge. So um, so I feel like it's it's about movement. How do we find a a way to bring movement in where where there's a lockdown? Right, and it's so interesting to me that you are talking about meeting this intensity of feeling with an, in, with an intensity of movement or an intensity of breath to actually meet it because oftentimes we think what we need to do is calm ourselves down or right. is, you know, and we do need to calm ourselves down, but sometimes, you know, if my heart is racing and I've got all these uh, thoughts that are racing, um, I may not be able to find that quiet place within myself. Right. That ultimately I want to arrive at. It's like, I can't go there. So what you're proposing to, to do something more vigorous, um, even if it makes my heart race more, right? Yeah. Race alongside it. Race alongside it. Race alongside it. It's like, that's what's happening. If I run down the block, you know, it's interesting when my son was, was an infant he would have these uh these times when he would just cry and scream and it was it i was like oh my god what am i how do i soothe this child he would not be soothed Mm -hmm. and and i finally one day i just held him really strongly really firmly and i ran as fast as i could down the street and he calmed he just completely calmed and was able to fall asleep. And it was so interesting because sometimes we do need to meet the, the, the hugeness that, of emotion that we're feeling 
with a hugeness of emotion or a hugeness of movement or action um, <clears throat> in order to find that calm. Because, you know, if I'm, if my heart's racing and my thoughts are just going nuts and somebody's telling me to calm down, it's like, what are you talking about? How can I even begin to find that? Yeah. Um, but if, but if, if I can run alongside myself, you know, if I can feel that heartbeat and start jumping up and down and doing jumping jacks or, um, or growling or, you know, that's another wonderful, wonderful way to enter into <clears throat> a way to meet it is to growl, get on all fours and, and start, uh, or on your back and, and kick out, right? With a and just really start finding that animal body that we all have inside of us because we're animals before we're people. <laughs> yes, and, and we still are, and we still are animals. Mm -hmm. And um, there's an instinctive uh, way to behave that um, knows how to take care of itself in our animal body. Right. Right. If we can get out of the way of ourselves mm -hmm. and that's, you know, and that's where I think, I think sometimes what happens in a, in, in the beginning of anxiety and, and it's what happened to me today, actually, in, in thinking about this interview was, um, I need to know something here in order to be able to speak to you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm supposed to know something. Mm -hmm. That's why you're interviewing me. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and what do I know? And so then there's, there's all of this, okay, well, what am I going to talk about? Well, how, how can I be smart? How can I know something? And then I'm grabbing, I'm trying to grab on to something and, and, and it's interesting because it's the paradox. The thing that I'm actually needing to find can't be found by trying to find it. Mm. And so I realized that I, I had to let go of having to know anything. And, and so much, I think so many times when I'm, when I'm feeling anxious, it's because I realize I don't know. And that, that place of not knowing can be frightening. It's very frightening, especially, you know, right now. Yeah. And we don't know how this pandemic is going to go. We don't know if I'm going to get sick or I'm not going to get sick or my loved ones are going to get sick or if I do get sick, how severely will I get sick? We don't know if the stores are going to open again, if businesses are going to open, if those plans that I made are going to be able to come through, right? We simply don't know. And I think for me, when I have, you know, uh, been locked at times in my own fear around this, it's also been can I trust myself? Do I even know how to take care of myself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, you know, that's so interesting. When I, when I was a midwife, actually, 
catching babies, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I don't do anymore. But um, I remember that, you know, when I was working with these moms, uh, one of the places that uh, that we really had to meet in and, and look at was we know everything as women that we need to know in order to have a baby. Mm-hmm. But we keep, you know, and we've been taught in our culture that we have to reach outside. We have to go get the information from somebody else. Somebody else knows better than we do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just not true. Um, we really know what we need to know if we can quiet down enough to listen to that instinctual, inherent, uh, beautiful wisdom inside of us. And, and to, to, to feel that we need to slow down. Mm. We do need to slow down and we need to be able to feel underneath emotions into the felt sensation of what the emotion brings. So in other words, you know, sometimes when I'm sitting with somebody and they're, and they're saying, well, I, I, feel, um, I feel scared. So, well, what are, what are the actual sensations going on inside your body that, that leads you to name those sensations as fear? Mm-hmm. So if we can begin to back down into what are those sensations? Well, I might be feeling a tightness in my belly, but then let's just feel the tightness in the belly. And whenever we bring attention to something, it moves. You mean it moves away or it just starts it to have movement to, within it? It starts to have movement within it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's a, that's a really good distinction. Um, and, then, and then I can follow the movement and then it changes. So it's about getting curious. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if we can get curious um, about what's going on inside of our body, then that becomes a, a, a really interesting journey. And, you know, one of the pieces about continuum that, that uh, has been really helpful for me in my own process is that because continuum is about exploring movement and and going on little tracking journeys inside of our bodies where I don't know what I'm going to find, I don't know what I'm going to feel, and bringing in movement that, that I don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And if I find myself going into a patterned something, then I interrupt it. I pause. I stop. I don't go into the pattern. I see what begins to arise that's unfamiliar, that I don't know. And I begin to follow that. And, and you know, it's a practice, like any good thing is a practice, <laughs> um, that then gradually helped me start becoming more and more comfortable with being in a place of not knowing. Mm-hmm. And that's helpful. Right, right. And so when you're talking about getting curious about these sensations, and let's sort of stay in the realm of fear and panic and the sensations that accompany that, 
So we're talking about, you know, my heart is racing, my, my, uh, maybe my mouth is dry. Um, maybe I'm feeling lightheaded, tingly. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I can't eat. Maybe there's a gripping in my stomach. Um, so these are some of the sensations and maybe they're familiar to me or maybe they're not so familiar to me. You know, I mean, everyone has some sense of nervousness when they're about to do something new or, you know, like you were saying, even in anticipation of this interview, you felt some fluttering, mm -hmm. but that might be different than, or might not be different. Some people have real panic attacks before they do public speaking. I think public speaking is listed as one of the top fears among people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but these sensations that we're talking about, when we can start to experience them just as sensation without attaching the, oh my God to it, or this must mean that it's fear without giving a name to it, right? Then it has even more room to move or more room to transform or become something else, right? Right, right. We can begin to have an experience. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I was thinking about that today wisdom i was thinking about the word wisdom and mm -hmm. and wisdom really comes from experience however it's not just experience it's experience that's been integrated into our body mm -hmm. so so when we have those kind of sensations and we really integrate them into our body and become familiar with those sensations and can follow them then then there's a wisdom that appears so that like i did two weeks ago oh these sensations that i have really come to know in my body i can begin to go this is what I, this is what a panic attack feels like mm -hmm. so now i now that i can name it i know that it's something that's just going to pass this too shall pass mm -hmm. right just like everything does, nothing stays, nothing everything stays. moves. That's right. You know, and I think about um, your experiencing with um, catching babies, with being with women in that childbirth process. And like you were saying, our, our bodies know how to deliver this baby. Our body knows how to do this. And I'm a, I've only had one child, but I'm imagining that if you have more than one child, the next time you, you, your body knows it and you know it. You got through it once. This is how you did it, even though every time it's different. There is something about the experience of having gone through something mm -hmm. that equips us for the next time we go through it. And we have never been through, at least most of us here in the United States have not been through uh, something like we are experiencing right now in terms of the needed response to um, our behaviors in this pandemic. Mm -hmm. that's, that's absolutely true. This, this is a new thing, unless, you know, I mean, there's some people who are still alive who, who were around in World War II. That's um, right you know, there are Vietnam, there are, there are things that people have gone through, but this is, you know, this is so global and it's everybody. And, mm -hmm. and it's not something that it's like the boogeyman in the closet. It's not something that we've, 
created like a war where we're going after somebody and we mm-hmm. bombs and you know battles and this is something that's coming from from outside of our of 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 us and it is like the boogeyman in the closet we don't know where it's going to come from or how it's going to come and is it going to attack me and you know and how is it going to if it does and how can i protect myself and um and I, you know and and it raises a really in- interesting question about about being alive and what does it mean to have a life and to live a life and to really live a life we're never safe there's you know although if if we tried to make ourselves safe we would never go anywhere or do anything and and so it's 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 this this fine line of of how do i manage and and regulate my fear so that i can actually have a life i'm thinking smart and i'm not letting fear control my life because if i did that i would never do anything and um and that that's that gets interesting you know riding that that wave of of going uh, maybe a, a little bit beyond what feels comfortable uh in our system and having our eyes and ears and senses open cuz fear is really important in that way we need fear when we're walking in the forest at night we want all our senses online and we want a little bit of fear because that helps all peak all our senses so that they're right at the ready so that we can know what's going on around us um that's that's good um but then if we start in our imagination creating things that aren't there that's when we run into to trouble so um so a lot of this um management for lack of a better word of fear is also opening our eyes and looking around what's true what's true in this moment mm-hmm. what am i where am i right i'm in my home i'm fine i haven't been sick i'm 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 doing all the things that i need to do to keep myself safe so what about trusting that mhm what about well, trusting that Well, making this distinction because between where am I really and where am I imagining myself to be is so important. And in this discussion, um, you began by saying that when you are in a fear state, in a panic attack, there's nobody home and you can't locate yourself. So it is difficult when we're in those states to actually be able to land and recognize here I am. this is where i am and so do you have perhaps a, a a simple way of helping people just arrive just shift that scene from what they might be imagining to just really perceiving where they are right now mhm yeah uh one of the things that i one of the places that i begin is having people feel their weight and and i love stones 
stones are my friends. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I'm working with somebody, I may even pick up one of my stones and put them in their hand. Mm-hmm. And I really love stones and I, I recommend people having stones around that they can I think stones are useful because they're so heavy. They have such beautiful weight to them and they've been around for a long time and they carry a lot of wisdom. (laughs) And when we hold a stone in our hand, we can really feel that weight. Mm -hmm. Um, So feeling one's weight and, and, um, and a lot of times, you know, we're used to going down and meeting ground, like, you know, in a lot of visualizations and meditations, people will say, okay, so let your roots grow down into the ground, let yourself feel yourself go down into the ground. And, and sometimes that's hard to do. However, I found that if, if I have people invite the ground up to meet them, hmm that it just flips it around enough so that they get curious in a different way. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, how do I have ground meet me? And in order for ground to meet them, there has to be a them to meet Mm. and they can find themselves that way because if they're trying to go down and meet ground and there is no them to meet ground, then how do they meet ground? It can be equally frustrating as trying to, ask somebody to calm down when they're, you know, hearts racing, <laughs> everything's in a swirl. Um, however, if they go outside of themselves, you know, and, and invite ground to come up and I'll, I'll talk about, you know, the flat, the, the, the earthiness of the, of the ground being like the fleshiness of them and the bones, the stones of the ground being their, their, their bones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then they're inviting something outside themselves and they're able to find themselves in that way. That's often very, very useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the experience of literally holding weight or carrying weight in these yeah. stones. I think that might be, you know, uh, weighted blankets are very popular right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, For good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and breath is the other thing. Breath can be really tricky. Um, I often find if somebody is, um, you know, asking me to, to slow my breathing down or notice my breathing, it just gets me more activated because mm-hmm. then I'm noting that noticing that I'm, that my breathing is kind of caught and I feel like I can't quite take a full breath. Um, so that's where the exhale is really, you know, if, if we're going to use breath as a way to try and help calm, then I feel like the focus really needs to be on the exhale more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we exhale, we're dissolving. Mm-hmm. And when we're inhaling, we're coalescing. We're, 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 we're gathering ourselves. And, you know, panic is kind of an overgathering mm. in a say, way. Say a little more about that. Well, well, when we're beginning to get um, an, an, some anxiety, it's like we're, we're overgathering. We're, we're kind of inhaling more and inhaling more, and we're, we're holding ourselves up out of gravity. So we're, everything is rising up in our bodies, and our mind is rising up and speeding up. We're up in our head. 
um, and we're not on ground. We're not able to feel our weight. We're getting lighter. And, um, and that's a, that's a kind of over coalescing. Mm -hmm. And we're an over gathering where there's so much gathering that it can't fit. <laughs> there's no place for it to fit. Uh huh. And so we need that exhale in order to release and let go. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so when we focus more on the exhale, there's more letting go and more letting go, which then will eventually help us to actually have a proper inhale where we're not feeling like it's an inhale where I can't quite get enough air. We're so then when we breathe in, there's a space for that, that air to go. Mm -hmm. And that, that can be common. Right. Having that, I mean, just, I'm, you know, I was playing with my breath just as you were talking and, you know, having experiences of what you were describing and just that, that um, elongated release, that elongated exhale um, does create space. And it, mm -hmm. for that moment, I'm, I'm sort of riding that out. Mm -hmm. And then even without my doing anything, the next in-breath can come. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. like you say, a lot of times when people are asked to calm their breath or pay attention to their breath, it's like we pay too much attention. We can't, we shouldn't pay too much attention to our breath because then we get self-conscious. We think we have to control it. We mm -hmm. think we're not breathing right. Mm -hmm. The body knows how to breathe. Exactly. The body will breathe itself. I love that saying, life wants itself. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, we can, we can try and hold our breath and, and, but we'll pass out and then our body will breathe itself. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, another thing is, is the trees. I, you know, nature, um, because sometimes our, our sense of anxiety, um, is a loss of connection. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. It's about a loss of connection and, and being able to feel that we actually are being held by a larger body and in the unseen world and in nature. And so, you know, trees, I love, you know, when it reminded me when you were speaking about breath, you know, what the trees exhale is what we inhale. Mm -hmm. And what we exhale, the trees inhale. And so just being with a tree for a moment and recognizing that we're in this beautiful relationship of offering and receiving and giving with, with nature all around us. Yes. Um, lying down on the ground. Yes, and coming in contact with the tree, even through a window, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Even if you, if you um, really play with that breath exchange, mm -hmm. you know, I'm breathing out, the tree's breathing in, the tree's breathing out, I'm bringing it, breathing in and allow that to start to be a flow of exchange. That could mm -hmm. also bring a lot of calm. And it also opens up our perception 
Mm -hmm. Right. So that a tree becomes a living being that we're in relationship with instead of just a tree. And that opening up of, of a view, a kind of a dilation of, of our way of seeing um, what's around us also makes more space in us. Because the other thing about anxiety and panic is there's very little space. Um, it's where everything gets so tight and dense. Uh, that's why the breath gets cut. There's no space for anything. And so when we can even look at the sky and look at the trees, look at nature around us, um, dilate our awareness to include all the life that's around us um, begins to make more space. Mm. That's beautiful. I have one last question I want to ask you. I mean, I have many questions I'd like to ask you, but <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more right now. And that has to do with this idea of staying the course or this mm. idea of being able to ride the wave or this, shall, this too shall pass, as you said. You know, I feel like you are um, wonderfully equipped in your wisdom, in your accumulated wisdom, and all of the experience and all the ways that you have worked with people over so many years of, of the, the, the importance or the way to stay the course with ourselves and be able to ride these feelings into a into the point where we do have the exhale or, you know, from the intensity to the more relaxed state, like how can we stay the course with ourselves to be able to come to a new place? Because I feel like a lot of times when we're in a panic, we're in fear, we feel like, Oh my gosh, I'll, this will never, this will never work. I will never get out of, I will always be this way. Right. So, so what do you say about staying the course? Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. To think about that one for a moment. Um, so many of the things that well, you have been talking about are that. Are that. Um, because staying the course becomes easier when we can be curious. Because nothing does stay the same. I mean, that's just the truth. Everything is in constant movement. Um, there is no such thing as something staying what it is forever. So, um, so when we get curious, we can begin to notice the little changes in sensation. If we're curious about uh, the sensation inside of our bodies, um, if we get curious about, well, just take, for example, if I'm going to invite the ground to come and meet me and get curious about me, then I'm entering into a relationship um, where, so I'm just feeling that in this moment. And if I, if I think about the ground meeting me, I'm thinking about the ground. And then I'm thinking about, wow, there's so much in the ground. And there's 
there's so many textures of ground and there's then if i allow that ground to meet the ground of me i start recognizing that there's so many textures inside of me and already I, i'm in a in a process of nothing staying the same mm -hmm. i'm discovering that that one one thought about something leads to the next thought about that thing and the next thought and the next thought and the next discovery and then i'm i've opened into a whole journey mm -hmm. and that's riding the wave mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful well, Kim Brody, I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and your experience. And I would love if you could tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can know more about you, work with you. Well, first, I want to thank you for inviting me to speak with you about this. Uh, it's been really, really wonderful. And um, if People want to get in touch with me. I have a website. It's called redcanoestudio.com. And you can click on Continuum. And um, you can find out about what I'm doing there and also through the Continuum Teachers Association.com. Uh, and you can find out about many more people there as well who are doing wonderful things. So, um, yeah. And I, I, I teach in this, in this time, I'm teaching a uh, Wednesdays uh, from one to three Eastern daylight time, um, a Zoom continuum where we're doing a lot of work with what's resourcing us in this time and how do we find ground and how do we get curious about resourcing ourselves in all those ways? Fantastic. Fantastic. Kim, I thank you so very much. You're welcome. And thank you for all that you're doing. These are fabulous. It's such great information that you're getting out there. Thank you. We want to be helpful. Okay. Bye-bye. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about change. If you like our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It helps our audience to grow. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to SharonWeilAuthor.com. You can also find out more about the Changeability books and about all the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Dare to bring new ideas forward. Our world needs you right now.